Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. WFAN New York. C20 here on this Friday evening. A little late happy hour with JJ Chanchi-Stremski. We're right here on The Fan and we welcome in a guy who has become a regular for us. He joins us each and every football Friday to help us break down the NFL card, maybe throw in a college player or two. The great Jared Smith from the morning after over at SportsGrid. Smitty, good evening. What's happening, brother? JJ, the Sharps prevailed again last night. Uh, not only did we get the dog across the finish line, but the under as well. And after the first half, I think that was a surprising result. But I think we're starting to see our contrarian approach start to pay some dividends here in week eight. Man, Smitty, give you credit for that. When I was, you know, down in the dumps, yelling and screaming the <laughs> first three, four weeks of the year, you told me, you said, bro, trust the process. So I'm yeah. glad that I have listened. It's led to three straight winning weeks. Uh, hopefully we'll make it four. Now, first look here. Jared, I'm curious, as a guy who does this for a living and, you know, you're looking into this day after day, how mindful have you been of the weather conditions and the result they've had on like four or five totals? Uh, I look at the total in the New England-Buffalo game. I look at the total in the Tennessee-Cincinnati game. I look at the total in Vegas and Cleveland, New Orleans and Chicago, and they have fallen by like three or four points, give or take. Um, is that something you were aware of very early in the week? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the kind of week that we expect that, you know, mid-October, late October, that's when the winds of change kind of blow, fall out the window, and you start to see the, uh, you know, the inklings of winter kind of show up a little bit. And, you know, the cities that you just mentioned, no surprise, Cleveland, Chicago, Buffalo. I mean, these are the cities that tend to do give us issues with the weather. I thought last night's game was actually a pretty good indication of how it's more wind than rain. And we did see the rain become a factor later in the game. But I remember there was about, mid- it was about midway through maybe the first quarter, second quarter, you know, we're still in the first half. You, you started to hear when the referee was talking that wind really pick up in the referee's microphone. And I think that is a common misconception uh, amongst gamblers and amongst people that are betting this. The rain is important to a T. The wind is so much more important. So when you're checking the forecast this week, yes, if it's a downpour, it could have an impact. But if there's sustained winds of over 10 or 15 miles an hour, that's kind of the dividing line for me. They're going to be teams that are going to struggle to throw the football. Smitty, last week, I was all over the fact that Chicago was the square dog of the week. It was obvious. They were getting all those points. They were a 5-1 team. Uh, I thought the line kind of told you what direction to go and wager on the game. Well, I want to throw another one at you, and it's the game of the week. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. My initial reaction is, wow, that line opened at 5.5. What am I missing here? Goes down to 3.5. It's been bought up to 4 and 4.5 in some places. Are you looking at Pittsburgh right now as that candidate to be the square dog of the week? They're undefeated. They're obviously due for a clunker. You think it's coming against Baltimore? 
I don't know if it's going to be a clunker like Chicago was. I think that game was such an obvious primetime, you know, public dog spot that it felt a little more natural. I do think the Steelers excel in this role. I mean, they're covering it over 60% uh, as a dog, as a road underdog uh, in this Mike Tomlin era. So they understand how to go on the road and win football games when they're not supposed to. Now, the spot is tough for them this week. They're coming off a very physical game where Derrick Henry just battered the line of scrimmage 25, 30 times. They get the normal week of rest while Baltimore gets the week off, and they've historically been very good uh, off the bye under Harbaugh, 10-2 and two straight up, 9-3 and three against the numbers. So I think that's baked into the line a little bit, but I also think that this is probably a better spot for Baltimore than it is for Pittsburgh. I agree. This is the game of the week. This is going to be a really fun game to look at. I think you're fine taking the points. It's Pittsburgh. They're undefeated. They find ways to keep this series close. This series is always a three-point margin anyways. I would not lay more than that in this series. So I'm not going to back Baltimore in this spot because I think the line is probably just right. But there's a hair of value getting the hook on Pittsburgh. All right, Smitty. Minnesota and Green Bay. We know Green Bay has been a team that has kind of destroyed short betters basically all year. But with the way they have played, Minnesota with the way they have played, bro, how in the world is that only a a six-and-a-half-point spread? I don't know, and, and I think it's, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook, and, and it could be a little bit of this divisional magic that, that we've seen. Now, now, Packers have already blown out the Vikings this season, and it's no surprise that we're seeing over 90% of the action on FanDuel on, on Green Bay, yet we are seeing that reverse line movement that we talk about so much where you're not seeing it push to seven and get beyond seven. It, it's actually going back in the other direction. In fact, I've seen a couple of books lay five and a hook. So I, I think this is one of those games you've got to take a really close look at Minnesota. Now, when you dive into the category that I love so much, which is net yards per play, how much yards you gain per play, how much yards you allowed per play, you, you, you put the sum of that number together, and it really shows the story if you're outgaining your opponents on a consistent basis. Green Bay's not doing it as consistent as you might think. They're 12th in net yards per play. Minnesota's 15th. So there's a little bit of tightness there between these two teams in terms of you know how much they can actually move the football. Now, Minnesota's defense, as you would expect, has some better efficiency ratings uh, than Green Bay's does. Maybe you wouldn't expect that, but the Packers' defense has struggled at times this season. I think the return of Dalvin Cook will help normalize this offense a little bit. Again, as we talked about with Baltimore, the Vikings are coming off the bye. Green Bay is not. And I think a surprisingly uh, sneaky matchup in this game uh, that favors the Vikings is actually Adam Thielen, who's played really well in his career against Jair Alexander. Uh, he had six for a buck ten, two touchdowns in the week one game. He's historically played well uh, against the 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 Packers when he's matched up against Alexander. So there could be a couple matchup advantages for Minnesota in this game. And if the line is telling you that the Vikings are the sharper side, I know it's scary to fade Rodgers, but who am I to disagree with the Sharps? They've been hot the last few weeks. Smitty, is this going to be the Patriots' last stand? We know how bad they looked uh, a week ago and two weeks ago against Denver. Um, Their offense is a mess. Edelman's not going to play. Yet New England, a four-point dog against the Buffalo team. That let's be honest, if they were playing anybody but the Jets last week, they lose 100%. They have not looked good. The quarterback has not looked good. They're settling for way too many field goals. I don't have any feel whatsoever for New England and Buffalo. I'm wondering if you feel the same way. Yeah, this is another one. This kind of feels a little like Pittsburgh and Baltimore, where I'm, I don't think I'm comfortable laying more than three uh, with Buffalo. And, and even that feels like a stretch, considering that you know New England has clearly been the, the dominant team in this division for so long. This does feel like a bit of an early AFC East championship game kind of matchup, where I think if Buffalo wins this game, yeah, I, I think we can, we can kind of push New England to the side as a team that 
likely won't be making any significant noise this season. And the Patriots, I mean, J.J., the numbers in New England have just been really bad. One and four against the number in their last five games. They gave up almost 200 yards on the ground, which is unheard of for this Patriots defense last week against San Francisco. That net yards per play number we talk about. The Patriots are, are bottom five in the NFL in net yards per play. Buffalo's in the top half of the league, so they're doing a good job of running an efficient offense and, and keeping teams, you know, from moving it up and down the field on them. And the Patriots have just struggled to move the football in general. Their second fewest points in the NFL, uh, averaging less than 20 points per game. Uh, but again, as you said, Buffalo's numbers haven't really impressed me either. Despite being five and two, the Buff- uh, Bills have a negative four point differential. Uh, and Josh Allen has historically struggled in this spot against the pass. He's 0-3, completion percentage of under 50%, three touchdowns, five picks. So, so this is a really bad spot for both teams, it feels like. Buffalo's not playing well overall. New England, I think, is a, a bit devoid of talent. Uh, I'm not surprised the total's in the low 40s in this game, which is a crazy number considering all the points we've seen in the NFL. Good layoff spot. If you really like Buffalo, I, I'm not going to fault you for, for laying four there, but I, I don't think there's any reason to back the Pats. My buddy Jared Smith, check him out over at the morning after on Sports Grid. He joins us each and every football Friday here on The Fan. All right, Smitty, let's get to a game that is near and dear to my heart. The debut of (laughs) Tua as the Dolphins are a a three-and-a-half-point dog against the Rams. And listen, I have no idea what you're going to get out of Tua. I'll be the first to admit. I have no idea. No training camp, no preseason. Saw him for two plays two weeks ago against the Jets. Big deal. However... Rams, short week. Rams, West Coast to East Coast. Miami coming off a bye. Does the rookie quarterback in his first start worry you against Aaron Donald or company? Or is it the spot and the way it kind of sets up situationally? Does that, dare I say, lean you in the direction with my boys, the Dolphins? I like the Dolphins this week, actually. When I looked at the numbers, I was surprised at, at, at how well uh, the defense is playing for Miami. The, the efficiency numbers are very good for the Dolphins as well. Uh, and also the point differential, which is a key statistic, as you know. I mean, you know, the Rams are pretty solid. They're sixth. Well, the Dolphins are right there. They're seventh. So we're seeing two teams that are good at stopping the run. We're seeing two teams that are good at playing defense this season. Offensively, I think that's obviously where we get the question marks for Miami. And I, I, you're right. I have no idea what we're going to get from Joe Burrow. And I mean, from uh, Tua and, and, and anyone who, who can accurately predict that, well, then you're, you're a step ahead of the game because I think there's a lot of people out there that are wondering how this kid's going to look when he comes out. I, I think Miami's going to keep it very simple this week for him, uh, especially coming off the bye. My guess is there's a set group of plays or, or a system that – you know, he feels really good in whether it's a formation group or, or whether it's a personnel grouping that they feel really good about expanding the offense. But I'm assuming it's going to be kind of a, a watered down uh, system this week or a, a watered down game plan. Now that would favor the defense, as you would expect. And since the Dolphins defense isn't playing well, this game kind of feels underish to me. And, you know, we're seeing that total in the mid-40s right now. So, I mean, that's kind of an interesting spot to go under. And, again, both of these defenses have been really good. They're top five in opponent points per play, also top five in opponent third-down conversion percentage. So they're good at getting off the field, and they're good at, you know, not giving up a lot of points. So I think this could be one of those defensive slugfests. Uh, and I think if Tua can make a couple of plays down the stretch, I mean, we've seen Jared Goff underperform in these types of uh, situations before, and the short week certainly is telling with the Dolphins coming off of the bye. So a couple of trends working in Miami's favor here, and if you're going to give me three and the hook at home, I think I'm going to take it. Smitty, what's more likely, Tampa and the Giants goes up to 14, or the <laughs> Jet-Kansas City game closes at 21? 
I think it's the former. I think the Bucks giants has a chance to move because of the Giants' offensive line situation. Similar, I don't know what Tampa did, but now two weeks in a row they have faced teams with offensive line uh, issues when it comes to the coronavirus and, and isolating players, and it's just a, it's a terrible mismatch. We, we nailed it last week with Tampa Bay. I mean, they just moved it up and down the field on Vegas, and, and there was no answer in the trenches. We're seeing some sharp money at that 20-point number uh, for, the, for the Jets. Uh, that thing opened at 21, and, and we talked to our Fandle guys this week, and they said that was the wrong number. That thing's going to stay under 19, and it's probably going to go in, in the Jets' direction if it does move. So I, I, I'm more comfortable laying it with the Bucks this week as I am with the Chiefs. Do you ever immediately, Jared, shy away from a number that's like that crazy high? Like, I get it. The Chiefs are great. Mahomes is mm. great. They're coming off back-to-back wins and back-to-back covers on the road. I mean, they basically could go out Halloween night, have a few beverages <laughs> in their house or their apartment, uh, roll out of bed, play that game hungover, and I still think they're going to win. <laughs> the question is, are they going to cover 20? Like, for me, that was one of those games that I immediately scratched off the list yeah. where I was like, well, there's no way in the world I'm betting this one. No, and, and, and I think if, if you're really now, obviously there's a lot of Jets fans listening that might want a piece of it. I get that. But in terms of sharp money, in terms of value, uh, it's pretty obvious that 20-point spreads in the NFL are, are at a disadvantage. Now, obviously, when you're betting on an underdog that's you know 20 or, 20 or more, there are significant warts on that team that you are hoping will be covered up by the fact that the spread is so high. But historically, uh, 20 points or more since 1987, favorites just 3-10 and 10 against the number. So now, obviously, it's, it's slightly under that number, so this trend doesn't necessarily you know, hold exact truth to that. But I think there is some truth to, in order to cover a 20-point number in the NFL, by, you basically win by three touchdowns or more, you have to play almost a perfect game. And when you're playing a team that has so many significant warrants on the other side, you're right, the natural feeling is to let down, let your guard down a little bit, and that's when one play – you know, one touchdown, one drive will sink that cover. So I, I'm definitely not laying it with Kansas City. If you want to lay it with the Chiefs, my only recommendation would be the first half. The Jets have been dreadful in the first half this season. League worst of minus 11.5 first half point differential. On the road, they're averaging just three and a half points in the first half. So if you want to lay it with the Chiefs in the first half, I, I think that's a better number, and maybe you got a chance to cover that one. We got my main man, Jared Smith, over at Sports Grid. He joins us here on The Fan. Smitty, explain this San Francisco-Seattle line to me. Why is this line only at three? Uh, it's got to be injuries for, for Seattle. I mean, they've really struggled, uh, you know, keeping their running backs healthy, and, and the defense has been a huge concern. The Niners have a huge edge analytically, uh, fourth in net yards per play, Seattle 11th. So, Obviously, Seattle's done a great job moving the football this season, but they've really struggled stopping anything in, in, in resemblance to a legitimate offense on the other side. The defense for Seattle allowing the most yards in the NFL uh, per game this season. Almost 500 yards per game this season the Seattle defense is allowing. I mean, it, it truly is a remarkable number. And th- there's an interesting statistic that they've ranked very highly in over the last couple of years, and that's the luck rating. I, I don't know how they calculate that, but it is uh, an, an efficiency rating that you can look up online. And, and the Seahawks continue to be top 10 in that category. They were second luckiest in 2019. Uh, and the Niners have really been playing well, JJ. I mean, they've outscored their last two opponents, 57 to 22. And those two opponents were the Rams and the Patriots, two Super Bowl teams from a couple of years ago. So I, I think, the, you know, we're, we're seeing the Niners start to find their footing a little bit. And they're also really good at chewing up time of possession. They're third in the NFL in, in time per drive, almost three minutes per drive. Every drive is averaging over three minutes. 
So that's a good way to keep Russell Wilson off the field and maybe control the tempo of this game. I like the Niners here. I think it's a good teaser spot for San Francisco. Get them through three, get them through seven, and I, I just can't lay a big number with Seattle with that defense. All right, let's get to the tease, Jared, because you've been all over this the last couple of weeks. You've helped the audience out. And obviously, teasing a number means you get a couple of more points in the process for those of you who are kind of novices to the whole gambling deal. What is the tease, Smitty, that you love for this Sunday? Well, there's two, and I, I think I've been isolating them in favorites and underdogs because I think there's two different ways to approach it. On the favorite side, I think you take the bucks, you get them through seven, you get them to about five or six, depending where you get the line. And I think that's obviously a very favorable. So you got to hop on that now, Smitty, if you want to yeah, tease the bucks, right? I'd hop you on better. that now. I agree. I got him at six last night, uh, and it's 12 and a half now. So if you lay six now, you get a six-point teaser now. Uh, you're only going to get six and a half. But still, you're getting it under that key number of seven. If you can't get it under seven, it's not as valuable. And then the other side, I, it's actually both primetime games this weekend. If you get the Eagles thrown to a field goal, I think that is a very favorable number, uh, considering it's probably going to be Ben DiNucci this weekend, and uh, all signs point to Andy Dalton sitting out in that game. So on the favorite side, I think those are the two games that give you the most value. Again, you're getting them. You're paying for teasers. It's like you're paying a tax at the store. You want to get the most bang for your buck. So if you're not moving a game through three or seven, I don't think the teaser's worth the juice. On the dog side, we mentioned the Niners. Also, I think the Lions, good teaser spot this week. At home, you get them through three and seven. The analytics do point to Indy in that matchup but we're seeing a slight line move towards Detroit, and you also get a very interesting spot where the line's been playing much better over the last couple games, and I really like their offense with Kenny Galladay in the lineup. They could provide a little challenge for that Colts defense this week. So you're getting two really good teams, or at least teams that have been playing really well the last couple of weeks, Lions and Niners, through those key numbers uh, of three and seven. I think that's a good spot to take the teaser this week. And, Jared, let's be honest, that game with Phillip Rivers and Matthew Stafford with those two guys, that's coming yeah. down to the final minute of the game. I mean, totally. guaranteed, I, I, I'm letting the audience know, <laughs> red zone, 355, somebody's going to be up by three or four points, and one of those quarterbacks will have the ball in his hands with a chance to win it. Guaranteed. Absolutely. And it, it's, if it's Stafford, I like their chances a lot better than if it's Rivers. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Smitty, now it's time, my brother. Best bets, week eight. The four is yours. Well, we didn't talk about this game, and I do think it's probably the best spot of the week if you want to back a favorite laying less than seven, and that's the New Orleans Saints. I love them in this spot. Uh, I think the Chicago Bears are really starting to hit that wall of the saturation point of wins considering what their metrics are telling us. The Bears are one of the worst teams in moving the football this season. They're 25th in net yards per play. Now, of course, their defense is playing well. We all know that. But your defense can only play well for so long. And we saw that on Monday night against the Rams. It was a 10-3 game at half, and then the offense just could not stay on the field. And what does that do? That wears down the opposing team's defense, and eventually the Bears cracked. And we saw that game really get cracked open late with the Rams running away with it. Allen Robinson out for Chicago is a huge – I think Allen Robinson missing the game for Chicago is bigger than Michael Thomas missing it for New Orleans. New Orleans can make up some of those weapons with, some, with you know, their, their scheme and with their system. They've got some other guys. Chicago does not have anybody else on their roster that can really stretch the field and, and you know, make teams pay over the middle like Allen Robinson can. And how about the Saints rushing defense? They held Mike Davis to 12 yards on seven carries last week. They were the first team really to shut down Mike Davis this season. We even saw it last night in a loss for Carolina. We saw Mike Davis have a good game. So I really like the Saints defense playing a lot better. I think they're going to control the tempo of this game. And I think Drew Brees will do just enough to cover this number on the road. All right, so you're rolling with the New Orleans Saints laying the points. If there was another particular side you could play, Jared, what would it be? 
I think the Bucks are really safe. I, I think I'm going to keep rolling with the Bucks until they prove to me that they can't cover a number. So they've covered four numbers this season, all of them by significant margins, 12, 21, 31, and 7. So when they've covered, there hasn't been a lot of sweat with them. And I think, as we've said, it's like a, it, it, that game in week one between the Saints and the Bucks. I think that was the best the Saints might have looked and the worst the Bucks might have looked. We've seen both teams kind of drift back to par, and I think the Bucks are about to take that next step with, you know, obviously got Antonio Brown coming next week. But this week it does feel like that offense has gotten better each week, and that defense is absolutely fierce. Daniel Jones is going to struggle on Monday night. So you don't have any concern with the New Orleans game coming up on Sunday? That's my only – listen, I have no justification, Jared, for making a case for the Giants because I don't see yeah, any way they're able to score. And how are they putting up points? I just don't love the spot knowing that the Giant – or excuse me, the Giant game is kind of sandwiched in, you know, with New Orleans six days away. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously the, the look-ahead spots in the Monday night to Sunday disparity can be a factor. But I, I just – when I was looking at that Chicago team top to bottom, I, I saw a similar spot to the Giants where I didn't see how they were going to consistently move the ball. And I think New Orleans does such a good job of keeping their offense on the field that I think it, they're, they're the best third-down conversion team in the NFL. I think that negates a little bit of Chicago's defensive prowess because the longer you keep a defense on the field, the less fierce they become. And Chicago being unable to keep their offense on the field – wears on the defense and I think we're starting to see that we really saw it on Monday night and I just have a feeling that when Chicago does crack it's going to be it's not going to be a slow and steady crack it's going to be the dam will burst and they're going to continue to struggle I, I really don't have any faith in Nick Foles and without their best weapon Allen Robinson I don't see how the Bears are going to move the ball a lot this weekend and score points Jared Smith, check him out each and every morning on the morning after Sports Grid. He does a phenomenal job. Smitty, let's catch some more tickets. Let's stay hot, amigo. We'll chat next Friday, all right? Love it, JJ. Good luck. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.